Welcome, everyone, to another very special episode of the Recycle Corn Podcast, a podcast about nothing and everything. I am your host, Ben DeLeon, and today we have a very special treat for you guys. And you know how I am. If I say I got a treat for you, I got a treat. Okay, so joining us via satellite from somewhere in Raccoon City is the heart, the soul, of course, the voice of the Nearly Deads, and one of my favorite singers in one of my favorite bands of all time. Please welcome Teresa Jean, a.k.a. TJ, to the Recycle Corn Podcast. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Quite an intro. Quite an intro. Thank well, you. I try to make people who are special feel special. So, you know, you're making me feel special by doing my little show here. And I want to make sure that you feel valued. So... That's very sweet. And I love what you have going on in the background, too. Oh, you like that? It's I just... Like LED, like, party lights. It's very cool. I just I just got that in a couple of days ago. Uh, they're, they're by a brand called Govi. They're the curtain lights. They're not sponsoring me, but if they want to cut a brother a check, you know, I'm down for it. So, But uh, this episode is going to be a bit different than what we've been doing, because normally it's me and my co-host, Lord Scuba Cabra. And um, he just had a kid, so I told him, you know what, go ahead and take some time off. And I'm going to go back to what I was doing before, which is interviews with some people that I find just absolutely fascinating. And, of course, you fall into that category because I've been a fan of yours for so long. I've followed the band for so long. And, you know, now that I finally have an excuse to get you to talk to me <laughs> outside of outside of Facebook, you know, so... I mean, we've been a band for a long time, so I that the fan. Oh, we've been a fan for because we've been we've been around for so long. That's that's why you know, and we appreciate you and all of our supporters. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it was the very first video that y'all put out, the zombie video. The that was actually our second video. Was it? So we had one before that for Fact and Friction. And it's online, but it didn't nearly, it didn't go like viral or anything. Well, you know what's just weird though? Because I found Fact and Friction after that one. And mm -hmm. I thought that that was such a good song too. So I was like, okay, so these people aren't just, you know, one hit wonders. So, you know, so to say, I was like, man, these, these people are really good. And I was like sharing the video with all my friends and everything. And, and they're just like, well, yeah, but they're not really local. So it's kind of hard to be you know fans of theirs whatever i'm like yeah but one day they're gonna be famous just watch one day <laughs> we're still waiting on that <laughs> maybe one day oh yeah. i i believe it'll happen i mean you you all are are terrific people and you deserve it so super yeah, talented glad to hear you say thank you so much I okay really appreciate that. kind words well it's just the truth and if nothing else i always speak the truth so <laughs> except when i don't you know, but you can talk to my wife about that. <laughs> but before we get too far in, I want to play a quick game. Now, I didn't invent this game. I stole it from Megan Batoon. But she stopped doing her podcast, so it's all fair play, right? I mean, recycling is in this the name of this podcast, so we're just going to go ahead and borrow that for a little bit. And the game is called Bursts of Firsts. Okay, it's one lightning round of 13 questions about your firsts. Okay. Okay, it will be timed, but the timer doesn't mean anything and there's no wrong answers. And uh, the reason I like doing this, it gives, a, gives the people a little bit of, of uh, an insight into the person behind the persona. Mm. Okay, so if, I, if uh, you know, I want you to elaborate or whatever, I'll stop 
and you can tell me the full story, whatever. But these are just going to be quick questions. You can just answer one word, and, you know, if, if, if there's no um, explanation needed, we'll just keep going. All right? Okay. All right. So, Bursa First starts now. All right. What was your first job? Um, Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. So you got all the fresh donuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> all right. What was your first car? Uh, a Dodge Neon. Ooh, you were fancy back in the day, huh? Yeah. I forget what year. Um, I forget what year it was, but it was a POS for sure. Yeah, but you know what? It was your POS. Yeah. <laughs> All right. When was your first date? Oh wow! Um, I was probably like a sophomore in high school. Really? I was a little of a late bloomer. I did not. Yeah. Okay. What was your first scar? Uh, when I was a baby. I had knee surgery. I have this huge scar on my knee from that. That's probably my only scar. But really? I was a, I was a baby. I was like two. <laughs> so I have no recollection of this. So you know, uh, uh, you're you're not going out uh, doing death-defying stunts to get new scars. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No. What was your first kiss location? Um, the <laughs> I love this question. Um. Uh, Derby High School drama classroom. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Trying to sneak Derby a little... Kansas. That's oh. also where the Krispy Kreme was. Nice. Grew up in Kansas, yeah. <clears throat> um, do you, do you... I say, you, and uh, do you remember the name of the lucky boy? You don't have to say it. I'm just... I do, yeah. <laughs> All right. Who <laughs> was your... friends on Facebook. Really? I don't think he knows he was my first kiss. I tried to play it off as if I, you know, I have no, I don't think he knows. I would want that information. I, yeah. you know, I'd put like a, a banner up, you know, TJ's first kiss. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who was your first celebrity crush? Oh, um, I really loved Brian from the Backstreet Boys. Really? I was more yeah. of a, I was more of a, uh, a Nick guy. Oh, Nick Carter. Yeah, yeah, no, I was all into Brian. <laughs> Brian Luttrell. Like, he was the one. Yeah, I was not into Nick. I know. I just liked the way he looked all, you know, kind of jockey and athletic, you know, and I wanted yeah. to be that. Because back in the day, I don't look like it now, but back then, I was super skinny. And I had a hard time putting on muscle. So I wanted to be like that guy, you know. So. Mm-hmm. Okay, next question. First cell phone. Um, back when T-Mobile used to be called Voice Stream, and oh, wow. remember that? <laughs> I, I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I had like a little bricky, like Nokia, like everybody had, you know, I didn't get one until I was a senior in high school. Um, don't want to age myself too much. Um, we're not going to go there, but yeah, it was <laughs> a, I have no idea. Probably like a Nokia Voice Stream slash T-Mobile. Nice. I got it in a little kiosk at the mall. And yeah, I only got... You felt yeah. so cool afterwards, didn't you? Oh, my God, yeah. You know, remember when you had a text right. with numbers mm-hmm. and not, like, a real screen or text? Have you tried doing it lately? Like, on no. some phones, they have that option. It's just, like, a regular flip phone. And uh, I got one because of a job that I was doing, and they gave it to me for a, um, excuse me, a um, work phone. And I was trying mm-hmm. to text my wife, and I was, you know, because she texted me, and I was trying to respond to her, and I was... Five 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 three three three. I just I could not remember how I, to do it. 
I used to be able to do it without looking because I would be <laughs> driving. <laughs> <laughs> we don't condone like, that. My friends and I'd be like, you know, you knew exactly what number to hit three times. Okay, that's the F, that's the, you know, I just was a pro at it. And it also had Snake, that game. Yeah. Oh, we were so entertained by that. And you know what I was, what you were mentioning about this little curtain behind me? It actually yeah. has a Snake game on it. Oh, you can't fun. you can't play it, but you can watch it, the yeah. computer play it. Whatever. If it so. looks like that's cool. Okay, uh, what was your first pet? Um. Oh, we had a lot of pets growing up. First pet was, uh, we had a Dalmatian uh, dog when I was a kid growing up. Her name was Dolly. Dolly the Dalmatian. Dolly the Mation. Yeah. <laughs> Dolly Mation. I had a, uh, I, I had like three dogs that we named Puppy Puppy, so we just recycled the name. <laughs> cute. <laughs> so cute. My, uh, my dad would, um, you know, once they got too old, my dad would, oh, they ran away and uh, they went to go live on a farm yeah, up in Houston. That was always the story. Yeah, so you know, we try not to uh, uh, bring that up in front of the kids because <laughs> they get a little, you know, can't believe Grandpa would do that. <laughs> but um, all right. First major purchase. First major purchase. Um, probably my keyboard. You had a really like fancy keyboard. I still have it. Really? Yeah. When you invest in good equipment. Is that the one from the, the, the video? Yeah. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh, I've had this thing for yeah years. That was, that was, I guess, a big one. You so, know, my so parents helped me, but. That has some history behind. Oh yeah, I've had this thing forever. It is still kicking. It's industry quality still. Nice. I uh, it was hard enough for me to pay for this uh, uh, streaming equipment, you know, because I, I tried playing guitar back when I was younger, and turns out I'm not very uh, coordinated. I have little stubby fingers, so I'm more. Uh, I'm, I'm. I guess I could. I guess I could play bass, but I don't know. Bass players just never seemed as cool to me than guitar players, you know. Oh, bass is so cool. Especially if you are a bassist and not like a guitarist who switches to bass, you know, like if you love bass, like my dad is a bass player and like orchestral into into electric bass. Yeah. Um, played jazz music all growing up. And so he was like, bass is the most important part of the song. And when I started playing piano when I was younger, um, obviously you can play the full spectrum. So like there's bass, bass notes and the whatever. So I'm very like bass heavy. I feel like in my music because of my dad and his influence. So like bass is freaking cool, you know, and you well, know, Kevin's not in the band anymore, but he was like a tried and true, like bassist. Yeah, he loved the bass. He was like, I don't mess with guitar. I'm a bassist. This is the most important rhythm section like holds down the whole band yeah don't knock bases no no i, I don't i don't knock bases i just know that uh um that's not my passion let's put it that yeah, way true. so i mean i could yeah. i could and i actually do have a base here that a buddy of mine gave me um that he used on his first album so it has a lot of sentimental value to me and he's like i want you to learn how to play bass i was like great i'm gonna learn but then I, I figured out um, it's it's not easy. And guitar, like you were saying, guitar doesn't really translate over to bass too well, um, at least in my head, because I don't know if I was dropped on my head as a baby or something, but things just, they, they don't work that all that well Like when it comes to uh, music. I can appreciate music, but I think when it comes to reading music, playing music, 
I just become dyslexic or something. It just doesn't work. All right. <laughs> um, coordination. Yeah. And I'm very non-coordinated. It's just, yeah, it doesn't. You can ask my wife our, our first song that we danced to. It's like, I wish I had two left feet, but I have like two feet upside down, turned around or something. <laughs> but all right. Back to the questions. <laughs> okay. Okay. First internet screen name. My jaw just dropped. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up some traumatic was, memories. This is a, no, this it was. Oh my god, um, it was lame dork punk. Lame was, dork punk. Yeah, because whoever my high school boyfriend was like, just pick three words that describe you, and I was like, well, I'm lame. I guess I thought I was pretty lame. I thought I was a dork and I was a punk. So I was like, lame dork punk. That was literally my aim. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't feel too bad. Mine was so rock claw. What is the claw? I have no idea. It just came to me one time and <laughs> I think it was like, so rock claw 13. And I, I thought I was so cool because I was like, it's ironic, you know, edgy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 13 was always edgy. Just add 13. Yeah. The 13 just the, oh, mm, the little chef's kiss at the end. You know, I also had a live journal. Did you ever have a live journal? No, I was never that um, because, you know, we grew up in a pretty busy household, so I could never mm. be on the computer for that long. Or you had to wait yeah. Yeah, for the internet to be available. Or, yeah. or, you know, if somebody would pick up the phone and start dialing and I mean, I'm aging myself bad right now. <laughs> no, I mean, I remember those times too. I think, you know, we were to the point where we had multiple phone lines in the house, but it was still like landline. Yeah. There was no, the internet wasn't like what it is today. I mean, yeah, anyway. <laughs> all right what right. was your what was your first concert i saw a summer fest in milwaukee blink 182 oh wow summer fest nice. so you, yeah. you got a bunch of them all at once oh yeah but that was like the big arena band at the time um that was the one that we really wanted to go see and i think the next night we saw three doors down on at Summerfest. nice so you really got the full experience that's awesome i did yeah all right well what was the first time you really felt grown the first time i felt grown um graduating college oh wow so it took that long huh <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's my my proudest moment i feel like ever well that's a like, huge accomplishment you know yeah I, so I feel like maybe that, cause then you're at that crux of like, what comes next? Did you- Clearly it was make, forming a rock band and doing <laughs> that. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's, it's funny cause we'll get into that in a bit, but- um, Yeah. Um, like I said, I, my first concert I think was Poison. Dang. Like back in the day, I was really into- some good street cred though. <laughs> that was your first, like I feel cool. I'm like, oh, it's Blink-182. But no, I had I had poison and I almost didn't get to go because I got caught skipping school. So <laughs> that's a great story. I was still I'm still very upset at my aunt for that. She didn't have to go narking to my mom. But yeah. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Last question. OK. What is your first choice in a karaoke book? Uh, I go for I'm the only one by Melissa Etheridge. Oh, wow. 
So yeah. you, you, uh, you like the, uh, the heartfelt song, the songs with meaning. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just feel like I can sing it well. I always like to pick something I think I'll, I'll do well. That's my, that's my go-to. Well, you know, it's weird. A lot of musicians that I know are like anti-karaoke. I think there's just, you know, so much pressure for them to be on. Yeah, yeah, that it kind of defeats the point of karaoke, which is to be terrible. And mm -hmm. terrible is where I shine, you know, so. Yeah, and you don't want to like in uh, expectations of other people that are there. You don't want to like, it's supposed to be fun. What When I was in high school, like when I was my 16th, my, um, my 16th birthday was a karaoke party. I was like, I need to sing, sing, sing. And I, we, we just, all my friends got together at this pizza place and they had karaoke night. We just dominated the night. Um, in Tampa, when I went to college, there was pornioke. Pornioke? <laughs> with a P. Oh, porn. oh, pornioke. So there, there was this like, he probably still does this. Uh, this guy probably still runs this karaoke night, but he would play porn in the background, like bad, bad porn on some like, projector right okay and like we would always bring our own music and this is like the big emo phase so people would be bringing in like their own cds to like sing um sing over so it wasn't right. even really karaoke they'd be like oh here's this like august burns red cd or taking back sunday and let me sing this song from it and they would let us do it and it was like a blast and then back in high school i did karaoke constantly um i just loved it and now that i'm now i hate it really <laughs> Now that I'm like, I've been in a band and performing for so many years, I'm like, oh, I'm not performing tonight, right? I, there's too much expectation to sing for people so you're for like, free. I'm, said, unless I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like a job. You don't want to do your job for free. I mean. And then if I'm already at a karaoke, uh, sorry, a karaoke bar, like, let's be honest, like I'm eating, I'm drinking, I'm having a good time, I'm talking, like I'm not in full vocal. I'm not going to sound that great. Right. And, and on it, honestly, have you ever done your own songs? At karaoke? Yeah. I, no. No? I've tried no. I've tried doing your songs at karaoke before. My my co-host runs the karaoke yeah. bar down the street. Oh, nice. And um, I've tried doing your songs before. I don't have your range. <laughs> not, not even close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I've never. That would be so weird, I feel like, to go to a karaoke bar and be like, hey, can I sing along to the, my own song? Right. This is my, I, I this my new single, cringy. guys. <laughs> That's cringy to me. But you guys do it all day long. That would be fun to see. Send us a video. Right. That'd be awesome. I I, yeah. I might. I might just do that. Um, okay. You were more classically trained in singing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how, was, how did that lead up to a career as a rock singer? You know, that's a really good question because it wasn't something that I like initially ever thought I would do. So in um, high school and I was very into musical theater and Broadway, I was like, I'm going to be on Broadway. I'm going to do that. I'm going to be I'm going to move to New York, be on Broadway, be in musicals and do all that stuff. And then I ended up going to college. They didn't have a music theater program, but they had, um they had an opera program. I ended up majoring in voice and doing opera. And I guess, I don't know, somewhere along the line, you know, I was working at Hot Topic and nice. I got introduced to punk rock by my managers and my friends. And I was just like, game over. This is what I want to do. And then started listening to like Taking Back Sunday and, um, you know, other bands like that of the day, Movie Life, you know. And I was like, very like, this is what I want to do. So within the music school, you start jamming with other people. Right. So I had all these like little college bands that didn't really go anywhere. 
And, you know, I was listening to my chemical romance, the used, and I was like, this is what I want to do. Trying to find anybody who would like play with me and jam with me, which as a woman is hard because (laughs) everyone thinks you secretly want to date them or whatever. And like, it would just get messy. And I was just like, I just want people to play music with. Um, And then I ended up meeting this amazing drummer. I was like, I, I ended up playing solo gigs basically. And I was obsessed with the Dresden dolls. So I was playing coffee shops, solo piano, basically, just like Dresden Doll style and um, coffee shops and gigs like that. I had a MySpace page. I got um, I got a gig opening up for a local like punk band with my kind of style of punkish piano. And, you know, when that band dissolved, he was like, we need to jam. And it was a duo like piano and drums duo. Right. Basically emulating the Dresden dolls like full but you know with my own style it wasn't as quirky cabaret and through that is when I met everybody that's how I met Steve in the Tampa scene and you know then his band was moving to Nashville I you know they were looking for a singer and it just all like came together out of just like meet that community in Tampa that's awesome I mean because you know I've I've wondered how you guys formed up and you know I remember like I said reading somewhere that you were you know, more classically trained. And I was like, okay, well, how does that work? You know, because I can see, you know, a classical trained guitarist using their stuff there, but it always seemed like your voice is so like powerful that you're kind of having to put a cap on it sometimes because you're trying to hold back a little bit. Uh, in some of the songs I've heard, I'm like, I know she's got more there that she's mm-hmm. just, you know, it doesn't probably fit the song, but I know she's, that's why when you're saying, you know, doing uh, Broadway and stuff, it's like, oh, she's got that perfect voice like a for that yeah. type of tone yeah and that's one of the reasons why i love your music so much is because of your voice you know and it's i don't know like i said i i, I don't have the words for it because sometimes especially like the first time i listen to your music especially like all of the new stuff and and you know i'm, I'm gonna gush a little bit here mm-hmm. um i would get chills because i know how hard it is to sing some of the stuff that you sing and the fact that you write the music also, it's just like, it doesn't seem like that kind of talent. Like you, you, I like, these are not the kind of people that I, that I normally know, you know, <laughs> it seems like these are the people that are like famous somewhere. And, 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 and it's weird because I've seen your video at like, um, journeys and stuff, you know? So. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> so, I used to work at journeys. Did you? Yeah. I remember I was there with my now ex-wife and all of a sudden I heard the, I heard the song come on and I looked up and I was all like, oh, babe, those are my friends. <laughs> I love that. That was like really special that they did that. Like, because I guess because I used to work there and then uh, we got to play Warp Tour and stuff and the uh, journeys ended up sponsoring Warp Tour. And I just knew like a bunch of people for, that worked for their corporate office, this guy named Adam was like their picker of music. Like if you've ever been into a journeys, I think they still do it now. They're like known for having those music videos playing. Mm -hmm. So for him to like, give us the chance, like put us on there and then do an interview with us. And like years after that, they would put our video on every October for like their Halloween um, in-store playlist. And it was just cool because we were like friends with him. So he, you know, gave, did us a solid. And it was just like, so like when you're just starting out to see your music 
video like in a store yeah that you used to work at and you're like wow now that's me it was just like surreal it's very I, cool i was so hyped for you guys like i said i was telling everybody like those are my friends and like, you know yeah. their their videos here and it i don't know it just seems like more real when you see that in some place where you don't really expect to you know so that kind of you, you know, like I said, I did gush on you guys a lot because I was so proud of, you know, your your evolution. And and how do you feel that that the band has evolved over the years? It's pretty like it's pretty surreal because I just had something pop up on my Facebook memories today that was like from 12 years ago. And it was like our very first debut, like our first record. Um and a friend had come to the concert and took all these videos of it. And I'm like, this is 12 years ago already. Like, oh my gosh. And I'm like looking at us and like, I'm seeing how we're dressed and like how we're moving around on stage. And I'm like, wow, we're totally, um, we're like a totally different band now. Like we've come so far. We've yeah. learned so much. We've gone from that to playing in front of thousands of people at festivals and touring with like in this moment, which is like a really good high point for us. And I'm just like, it's just crazy to think about it's just crazy to think about where we've come and we're so excited about this new record. Like, I feel like it's our best music that we've ever written. Like we, <laughs> we took a little bit of a hiatus, you know, a little step back and then COVID happened. Yeah. So it's been like years since we've really even played a show, which is crazy to think about. Um, but looking back on those old shows, I'm like, man, like we really, we've come a long way. Like you don't really, you don't really always sit and reflect back on that. Yeah. Because when oh, you're in right. the when you're in the moment, it doesn't. You're just going through yeah, your life. You're just like, okay, on to the next year, the next project. We've been consistently releasing music, but to go back to those things like songs like "Never Look Back" and "Fact and Friction" that we wrote like ten years ago, twelve years ago, people are still discovering us every day because of that video, because of the "Never Look Back" video, and they're like, and that song holds up. And I was like, I feel like that's what I'm most proud of is like writing music that is gonna stand the test of time. It doesn't matter if it's a brand new song or if it's been out for 10 years, it's still relevant. It still relates to people. That means it's a good song. So I'm like so proud of our songs and our music and our writing. And I, you know, yeah, I I'm, love, Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Earlier when you were like, Oh yeah, they have these other really good songs are not just a one hit. Like we were worried about that. Like 10 million views on never look back. I was like, are we going to ever do that again? Like, how did that happen? And, you know, Evil Ways has surpassed Never Look Back in streams online. So we're like, oh, okay. So we can do it again. Yeah. And like, <laughs> that the, wasn't just luck. Like, we have millions of streams and like quite a few of our songs. We're like, oh, okay. You know, so that keeps us going for sure. Well, yeah. That, like, <clears throat> I'm sorry. Yeah. The, the, go, the, I was going to say that, that one pause in revenge, you know, <laughs> like that yeah. when I first heard that and then there was that pause and then it hit again. And I was like, again, goosebumps. I was like, oh, they know what they're doing. They know mm -hmm. what they're doing to us, you know? And, and uh, it was just so, like, surreal feeling that, that emotion. And I was like, man, this is the, the buzz that I got when I first heard the music. And now I'm getting it again. I was like, they're catching that old magic, you know, and they're putting it in the new stuff. And I was just, like I said, I was so hyped for it. And I was hanging out with my brother-in-law last night and, uh, you know, getting ready for this interview and we were watching the videos over again and I was going through all of them and telling them like, yeah, you know, this video is from this time and this video is from this time. And, and, um, was it fact and friction? I still don't understand the concept for that video. Um, like, <laughs> uh, 
It was our first video we ever did. I was, I was, like, I was like, I don't get it. It's like, we're going to take this, these group, these, these good looking kids, and we're going to cover them with mud. And then we're going to do this. <laughs> we're going to clean them up. And then we're going to go back and forth. And those. <laughs> Listen, our imaginations have always surpassed our budget. So Same. <laughs> we have these like grandiose theatrical ideas because um, Steve and I both love orchestral scores and movies and music for movies. And like, so I feel like that does translate to our writing. If you, if you're looking for it, you'll be like, Oh, I get the theatrical or like the Broadway or the whatever that in the vocal stylings. And we have this like grandiose and honest shoestring, uh, shoestring independent band budget you got to make do so what's funny is that when we were doing the video for wonderland um that we just released i don't know if you've seen it oh yeah i just watched it like 10 times before you got okay. on the <laughs> so you've seen the video so you know in the choruses we're like pink and purple right. right it's like foggy and pink and purple and that's like that was so daniel gonzalez that was his idea the director he was like we're gonna have this fog roll in have these lights so like the it, makes it a little bit more interesting right and we're just like fine we were just going to do a whole white room video performance done only after the fact i was like this is the exact same concept for fact and fiction <laughs> it's like white room and then the chorus is like something different you know like you know, you know now that you pointed out i could see that but i didn't catch that at the time neither did we and it was like well it's been 10 years or more since that video and i'm like oh well maybe no one else will notice that we just recycled the old silly idea um and it's i mean i'm <laughs> hope the band doesn't hate uh hate me for saying this but it's totally like a budgetary thing you know like if we had the budget to like i don't know film wherever and have crazy i don't know then yeah i don't know like it never look back we paid like no money for like those are our friends that's my basement that's our zombie makeup that we bought and put on our friends in our living room that's my street my old street like everything was like zero dollars and it was such an iconic video yeah and so we're <laughs> like, okay cool um so <laughs> every time we d do something we don't pay for it it like goes viral right like evil ways was also like shoestring budget like evil ways video it was a performance video we shot it in our practice space with this great great director um his name is nathan he all their you know his credits are in the video on youtube and whatnot um but he was fantastic and he really wanted to work with us so he was like yeah we'll just video and i mean i'm sure we paid him a little something but nothing like crazy and right. like that video just has millions of views and it's just like okay like as whenever we don't think about it and just do it on the fly, it's like the best thing we've ever done. But whenever we, we spend, whenever we spend a ton of money and like overthink it and it just, it always flops. So yeah, that's I think why we have this philosophy of just like, just go with it. Yeah. I it's think a it's punk rock mentality. Yeah. It's more organic and it's more sure. who you guys are as a band, which it, like, it works for us. Yeah. And, and, and again, like I said, I, 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 those are the those are the ones that I, I find that I'll be downloading. I put them on my phone. So when I don't have a signal at work, I at least have some music that I could listen to um, because it's you guys right now. And um, like I'll, you guys are one of the few that I can throw on the whole album and just get lost in the music. And and what I do for a living, I work on helicopters. I tear apart the transmission I evaluate the parts, send them off for processing, and then I get everything back and I put everything back together, test it, send it off 
to uh, be installed inside the, the helicopter so the, the army can use it. That's a lot of kind of a, a mindless work. Like, like I have to be paying attention, but my body is so used to doing what I'm doing that I could throw on a, a, a song or an album or a podcast or audio book. And my body kind of goes on autopilot. But then, like, let's say I put on your album, I'll have a whole, like, video, you know, series of videos that goes, goes along with it. I'm writing my own story, basically, and you guys are the soundtrack for that story. That's really cool. And I know I, know, I sound like such a fanboy right now, but... No, you know? no, you're good. <laughs> you're good. I love that, though. You know, it, it, the fact that we can be a part of people's, like, day-to-day routine or whatnot, it, it's, like, crazy so it means a lot well you were saying earlier about you know punk rock um carrying a rebellious kind of spirit to it how do you channel that into your performances and like what message are you trying are you trying to convey to the audience i think we're just trying to convey that we're having a good time and we want them to have a good time like there's no like uh i don't know i think like i said when you overthink things they tend to not go well and when you just throw caution to the wind and just like, hey, whatever it is, because there were so many when we first started touring, there would be gigs that we'd show up and there was like stages on the floor. There's no monitors. You can't use your in-ears. Oh, I don't even have a DI box for your keyboard. <laughs> so because I used to sit behind the keyboard and play every gig. And then and then we would go to these gigs and they're like, well, how do we pay, play back in friction? There's no keyboard. And I was like, we'll just play it without the keyboard parts. I don't know. Without the piano. And those were always the best shows. People had, cause we didn't care. We were just like, whatever, F it. This place is a dive. So whatever, who cares? Right. <laughs> to knock any of our former venues. They were all, they were all lovely, but whenever we just didn't, you know, care, it was always the most fun that we had and the audience had. And it was just these like sweaty, gross shows. And I was just like, this is how it has to be every time. It's how it should be every time, no matter if you're performing in front of thousands or what. Um, cause the thing that we continuously as a band focus on is authenticity. Right. If you're authentic, if you're real, if you're down to earth, people will, will relate to that. And I think that's why that never look back was so successful because it was just us in our basement with our friends. Like it was DIY shoestring bootstraps kind of thing. And I was like, well, that obviously resonates with the most people when it's contrived, like, and so there's a lot of bands that do have like a conceptual identity and that works for them. It just doesn't work for us. Right. It feels phony and too much and fake. And, you know, whenever we've tried to think of like a conceptualized identity or brand, it just like never really works. So we just are like, this is what we have to do. We're in the t-shirt bands, you know, through and through. But you know, it, it works because you have a very dedicated fan base and I don't know, like, has there ever been um, a specific encounter with fans that's been, been really memorable for you? And we've had, I mean, we just have so many amazing fans. Um, and, you know, and unfortunately, we've had fans that have passed away um, and their family has reached out and has, you know, wanted to let us know. And it's, um, it's always a really sad moment, but just the fact that like somebody who our music meant a lot to, you know, their family reached, reached out to us to say, Hey, we just want to let you know, 
you know, what happened and that she loved you so much or they loved your music and your band. You meant so much to them, you know, and it was just like, a, that's, that's a really cool moment. Um, I mean, it's tragic and it's sad, um, but it's really important to us that people feel like they can approach us and say like, your music meant something to my family member. So like, I just want to reach out to you and connect with you on that level um, and just kind of share in that grief and that moment. Um, and some other really cool fan moments, like we've had people get like nearly dead's tattoos. That's really? crazy to me. Like, because to me, we're not like this huge band. So when anybody gets our lyrics tattooed, I'm just like, wow, that's insane. Like, yeah, I've, I've, I ain't gonna lie. I've thought about it because some of the lyrics are so awesome. Like I bought that, um, the evil ways, um, lyric thing that you drew. Yes. And yes. I, I still have that up on in the my kind of uh, Hall of Fame area, whatever. I have, like, all my famous people that, that I've bought their stuff. Mm -hmm. And I have, you know, that there. And that's one of my, you know, favorite things to look at. And I'm just like, man, like, she did this because, you know, I asked her to. One, of course, you know, I paid you for it. But, I mean, that's – you you, you could have – not done as good a job as you did and i still would have loved it but the fact that you went as far as you did to make it look so awesome and so unique i was just like man this is so so like just incredible and i'm gonna hold on to this forever and you know when i started dating who is my now wife you know she she's like oh what's this and you know she's interested in all the stuff and i was just like oh yeah this is this this is this and so and this is tj from the nearly deads and she, you know, did this for me. And let me go show you the music so you know what I'm talking about. And she said, like, oh, wow, they're really good. I was like, yeah. And so when I told her that I that you agreed to be on the podcast, she's like, make sure you tell them I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell her I said hi back. <laughs> I will definitely. But she was just, you know, that, that's so cool that um, she goes, how does she put it? Something about uh, um, obviously being a fan has its perks, you know, being a fan for so long. That, that you're willing to, to, to do this. Um, which, well, we're not a huge podcast, but, you know, we're, we're growing. We're, we're in, like, I don't know how many different countries, whatever, which the weirdest one is Egypt. So I don't know why people would be listening to me in Egypt, but whatever. <laughs> I, love, I love that. Yeah, no, that's so cool. But, um, okay, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians, especially those who may face challenges or obstacles in their journey? I, I usually give two pieces of advice, but most people ask us for advice on like starting a band. Um, I generally tell people to not get in a band with people who you are friends with because it might not go well and you might, I don't know, only get into a band with people who are talented musicians, you know, and who it's, it's almost like a marriage. Like you have to have the same end game and the same values and goals if you don't, it's not going to go well. So, and I'm, I'm always telling people like, don't be afraid to let somebody out of your band. Who's like, not with the program. Right? right. Even if you're best friend, even if you're good friends, I'm like, it's, it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, <laughs> well, it's like a job. I mean, essentially you have to have the right person yeah. for the job. So. Yeah. And if you're not serious about it and you just want to gig around town and like have fun, that's fine. But like, you weren't going to be in my band. Like right. I was going to play Wembley stadium someday. Like <laughs> I was so with it and you'll meet people who they're not aspirationally where you are. 
those aren't your people. Those aren't the people that are going to support you. You know, surround yourself with people who push you to do better. Go to as many shows as possible. Um, research as many musicians and bands as you can. Um, and really practice your craft. You cannot be a bad musician. You have to practice. <laughs> well, have you heard what's on the radio lately? I mean, that might not necessarily be true. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> we won't but mention any names but <laughs> there's I've, I've heard some really incredible interviews with people like you know billy corgan people i really look up to they're talking about ai and music and da, da, da. and they're like you can make music without being talented but your taste level and your ability to pick what's going to curate like what's going to sound good together like even if you're putting together things you, there's still an art to that um and, and so even if you're not the most talented person in the room, like if you have, if you have a unique point of view, then that can get you really far. And I think that does get a lot of people really far. And that's what we love about them as it, they're still an artist in a, in a way, but not everybody is, you know, Christina Aguilera vocal prowess, like, but they're still incredible well, front I'm, people or incredible like storytellers, right? Well, I'm working on it. I'm taking vocal lessons. No. <laughs> <laughs> Are I, you really? No, I'm doing some exercises on YouTube that I've been seeing, but that's the perfect place to start. People have such a good advantage this day and age that YouTube is a free resource to you. You know how many vocal coaches and screaming coaches and bassists, and they'll show you how to play or do anything. That I mean, YouTube is your best friend don't be ashamed to like go on youtube and like take some tutorials and videos and just practice your ass off i mean oh, oh yeah there's a lot of of free information on there that people just yeah. don't realize and they, you know people you know especially like like for me doing this podcast um people will be like okay well where do i start i'm like well i'll just send you a link to videos that i help that i use to get started so mm -hmm. you know i'll send them a playlist of videos and then later on i'll be like hey so what happened and they're like, well, I couldn't watch all those videos. It was too much. So I just kind of just glossed over it, whatever. You, you and know, I'm you like, really, well, that's how you know you're not serious about it. Yeah. I was going to say, you get out of things what you put into them. So if you're not putting in that work, don't expect results. Well, aside from music, like what other things or passions do you have that people might be surprised to know about? Uh, <laughs> um, what are my other passions? I need to get my husband out here for this question. I, know, <laughs> I, I like fashion. I love makeup. I'm not wearing any right now, although hopefully nobody can see that. Um, oh, well, you look incredible. So I love makeup. I, I love fashion and stuff like that. Um, I love, uh, drag queens. <laughs> I'm very into RuPaul's drag race and I'm very into, you know, it's funny earlier in life. I really, well, I guess I've, I've always played Mario, but I, then I fell off video games, right? I had mm -hmm. a game boy. I was very into that, but you know, my husband is very into video games and got me kind of back into them. And I've, I literally like finished Hogwarts legacy, a hundred percent completion. Oh, wow. A hundred percent. Like I'm only missing like a few of the field guide pages. Um, and like Animal Crossing, I played for like eight hours a day during the <laughs> pandemic. Skyrim. I don't think people would really be surprised about that because I do talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> On my socials and stuff, I'm like, oh, this video game. 
I love Care Bears too. I have like a little Care Bear collection. Really? Yeah. Um, do you know who uh, Timothy Delaghetto is? He was on Wild I, and Out on MTV. I don't think so. No. Well, he has a, a clothing brand called Goody, and they just got a Care Bears um, partnership. So they're putting out some shirts and jackets and stuff like that, hats and everything. And those are really dope. And um, I've been wanting to to look into that. But, you know, um, being a big burly guy myself, wearing Care Bar stuff doesn't exactly, you know, people people get the wrong idea. Let's put it that way. (laughs) Yeah. But it's really some some cool designs. Excuse me. But um, speaking of, you know, create being creative and having passions and stuff. Are you one of those creatives that has to be doing something like creative? Like if you feel like you don't have an, if you don't have an outlet for that energy, you kind of like feel a little discomfort. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like more so when I was younger, when I, whenever I would not have a piano like available to me at the end of the day, I would like freak out. Like if I was on vacation as a, as a kid, um, You know, like doing okay over there? Yeah, it's just like I said, I took something down the down the wrong pipe when I was. Ah, okay. My my wife's cooking. I swear it's gonna kill me one one Uh, way or another. (laughs) (laughs) No, I would always like I couldn't wait to get my hands back on the keys. I was like, I need to be and writing and noodling and doing these things, and you know, it's a little different later in life. But when I go too long without playing or singing, I mean, I sing constantly, and I'm writing constantly. Um, yeah, if I go too long without it, life is just miserable. I can imagine. I mean, it was bad enough for me. I started up this podcast during the pandemic because I needed something to do. Mm-hmm. I was going to all my friends shows and stuff and getting my creative outlet through them because every now and then they would let me get up on stage and, you know, mess around, sing and stuff. And, and, um, that was always a lot of fun. But then when the pandemic hit, I was like, I needed a creative outlet for something. So I started doing this podcast and started interviewing my friends and then it went from that into, you know, kind of a two-man show. And then we just started talking about other stuff. But then, you know, I always wanted to bring it back to the this interview style because there's just so many fascinating people out there that I think will probably never have a chance to really tell their, their story. Um, and I'm not just talking about celebrities or famous people. Mm-hmm. Um like you know the the vietnam vet that's always hanging down at the va like i want those stories too yeah no i love that's a great idea so that's why i say it's a podcast about nothing and everything because i don't want to be put in a corner where i can only talk about let's say paranormal stuff or only talk about music i want to be able to be free to talk about whatever i want so that's why i I do this and you know sometimes my questions are just kind of random and weird whatever because these are the things that I think about like okay well the you know I've always wondered this so let me ask this question now that I have you know TJ here and uh well one of those questions is uh do you consider music a kind of therapy yes <laughs> yes it's weird because all actually, my professionals are all all they say is yes <laughs> e- yes um Yeah. I mean, I don't think I always realized it until I did without it for so long. Like when we were taking a hiatus and we didn't have it in our lives, I was like, oh no, I, what, what am I doing? Like, I can't do this. You have to have some sort of outlet and people journal. I, I personally, I do meditate from time to time. I've discovered that 
um, recent, more in recent years. But I think when I was younger, um, that playing and putting my headphones on and playing the keyboard, that was my escape. That was my meditation. I would go into the state of just like writing and I didn't, you know, ever realize it at the time until I'm older looking back and being like, wow, cause I'm always like, how did I get through X, Y, Z and difficult time in my life? And I'm like, oh, I always had this always. And I always wrote a song about whatever was happening. And even if it never turned into anything, nobody ever heard it. It was like still a way for me to express myself and get your feelings out of your mind and onto a sheet of paper or even just creatively, no lyrics, right? Just writing a melody or something. It was just like, I don't know, this energy would just release. And so nowadays I'm trying to be more mindful about playing every day and doing things like that. Cause I'm like, without it, I'm totally lost. Did, did you ever watch that movie soul? I never did. I heard it was really cool though. Well, there's, there's one part where, you know, the, the, the main guy, he goes into, you know, he, he plays a uh, jazz, right? So he's playing the, the jazz music and he goes into a, a, a different zone, a different like, frame of mind, whatever, where he's actually able to access the spirit world. And I'm all like, you know what? I've hit that before when mm. I was playing my guitar, you know, when I was actually semi-decent. And um, it, it was, it's such an incredible feeling to, to be able to, to get into that separate space and to have that place where everything is just, everything melts away and all you do is you just feel the, the pulse of the universe, you know, coming through the music. Mm-hmm. And they did such a great job animating that feeling, you know. So that's why if you haven't seen it, you should. I'll have to watch yeah. it. Yeah, I, I highly recommend it. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right. So are you at a point in your life currently where you're feeling fulfilled? That's a deep question. <laughs> I told you this is going to go different uh, than other podcasts. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. Like, I'm married happily. I love my husband. We've been together for nine years. Oh, wow. Married for two, just over two. Super happy. Um, but then in other ways, there's just so much more I want to do, especially um, career-wise with music and, you know, owning a home and things like that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I have other certain things that I haven't but yeah, I guess fulfilled, like emotionally, things like that. Yes. But for me, like professionally, professionally, not yet, not yet. No, gotcha. we're on the way there, though. Releasing this album is definitely a step in the right direction. Well, I'm excited for it. I'm definitely yeah. like I'm I'm going to get it one one or another. <clears throat> Excuse me. I um I have all of your albums. Um, I was scared that the one that I had you guys autograph for me was gone because when I left the ex, she decided she was going to hold on to that because she knew how much it meant to me, um, amongst other things. But uh, I was able to get it back. My buddy sneaked it out one time when he went to go uh, pick up some stuff. And uh, he was like, oh, by the way, I got this for you. So I was like, dude, thank you so much. Um, wow. Yeah, she was not very nice. Yeah. During this whole process, I, I won't get into it, but yeah. <laughs> um, so how are you with saying no to people or things? I'm pretty good at it. Are you? Oh, yeah. I've never, I, yeah. 
No. I struggle with it. it. I struggle with that. I'm getting better. Like if I'm I'm being more honest with myself and like, you know, if I don't want to do something, like hey, I, I don't want to do it. I'm not gonna lie to you about it. You know, so yeah, it's it's getting easier. But I was very very much a pushover uh, growing up. So, I mean, I I don't think I was always this way. I think this some at some point something something happened. I must have read some sort of self help book that was like you know, your time is all you have. And if you don't want to spend it doing something like you don't have to, people are never, I feel like a lot of us don't ever realize that we have that option, mm-hmm. uh, depending on how you were raised and how you got your praise and affection by other people. Um, and it's, it's definitely hard for people, but I don't, I don't really have a problem with it. That's awesome. <laughs> I mean, you, 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 you kind of have to have, to have a, a love of confidence boundaries that's the word i'm looking for boundaries that's that yeah that's a good way to put it healthy boundaries oh uh, well you you mentioned you were married how's, mm-hmm. how's married life it's great yeah yeah so you you said uh, nine years together yeah. two years married um, i can't believe we've been together for nine years how I did how did y'all meet this. we toured together really who he, approached yeah. who um, <laughs> you approached so him. <laughs> he, was in a band, he was in a band called it lives, it breathes. And we went on tour together. Um, and the tour almost didn't happen. Like oh, really? both bands were almost ready to pull out and, you know, something told separately, right. Both bands, like, I, I don't know. Our band was like, I don't really know. And I was like, no, we have to do this. We have to do this tour. And then it was like the same thing going on in their end. Like their van almost broke down and they were like, I don't think we can do the tour. And they were all like, no, man, we got to get van fixed and do this tour. And then it was like game over. I don't like he. Okay. So he messaged me on Facebook first, but I got his phone number from somebody in my band and texted (laughs) him. And it almost happened like at the same time. And I was like, Hey, I got your number from like, you know, Kevin or whoever. And then we just started texting and hanging out like, of course, you're on tour together. So you spend all day together, you know, so all night at the venue and then all day doing whatever you're doing. And, you know, we would have hotel room parties together and stuff like that. We just started talking. We just never stopped. You know what? Sometimes it works. Sometimes, you know, it just happens that way. Um, I met my current wife in high school. Uh, we were together for one day before she broke up with me. Oh. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then uh, um, we, you know, went our separate ways wind up um, getting back together um, three, almost four years ago and just continued where we left off, you know, and it was, um, (coughs) excuse me, we had continued to be friends, but it was finally like when we were both single and ready to get to that point where we're like, you know what, maybe we should give it a shot again. And then it just, again, like you said, we started hanging out and just never stopped hanging out. Yeah. (laughs) That's kind of how it should be. I feel like if anything, I want to be an example for, for young women, besides just like being, you know, having healthy boundaries and being driven in your career and like not apologizing for that is like, don't like, don't stay with the loser. Right. Like, don't like you, like, okay. Not everybody I did was losers. Some very fine men, but when you don't think that it's going to go anywhere, just like do yourself a favor. Like people, there's so many games, especially young people 
are we talking? Are we not? Are we this? Are we that? And then people are cheating on each other and stuff. And right. I'm just like, that, don't met, do not, do, you know, value yourself more than that. Um, <laughs> of course, I always have to say now, if you're uh, consenting, polyamorous, whatever, open relationship, blah, 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 then that's fine too. Like, I don't want to cast judgment but, on anybody who's like that. But at least have that discussion like ahead that. of time. I know a lot of people like that, but yeah. So it's just like, not, not to knock that, you know, I have a more traditional, like I wanted to get married. I want to get married once. I don't want to deal with it, but I know things happen, but I got married. We were, I'm not going to age myself or whatever, but I was like, <laughs> was later later in life i didn't date the guy i was i didn't marry the guy i was dating like you know when i was 20 i mean we were all hot messes back then could you imagine i feel like some people end up so miserable after that i know it sounds like i'm being very judgmental and i'm not trying to be no it's just, um, like you said having standards and you know um, well i'm just really glad that so i had some relationships that were really awful and a lot of my music is about them and i'm like I almost married that person for 110%, almost married a few people I was dating. And then the fact that I didn't or something happened and I was, I'm so grateful that because I don't, it wouldn't have led me where I am now. And I'm so happy. My husband's amazing. He's my soulmate. He's perfect for me. Um, and so I'm like that person's out there, right. right? Like I realize that now and I see young women and I'm like, you or relationships. Do you ever see somebody that you're just like, it ain't this person. Yeah. Like yeah, you can I, tell they're not happy. They're miserable. They're always bickering or fighting. And you're just like, it's just not, it's not, it doesn't need to be like that. But people I think think love should be this like difficult, hard thing that you're always trying to struggle for and work for and fight for. And it's like, no. <laughs> you know, it is, but not like that. Right. Now I've seen relationships where people are like, Oh, well, I've been with them for five years. And I'm like, well, you know what? Length of time doesn't justify a mistake. So many people. Yeah. But I feel like people are embarrassed to admit that they made a mistake. And this is from experience talking. I stayed in relationships because I was like, I can't be wrong. I told everybody this was the one. And it, now that he's not, um, what's everybody going to say about me? And I was wrong. And I was wrong about him. And But the, the fact of the matter is that you as a person evolve and change. And sometimes you guys don't change yeah. at the same pace and you want different things out of life and you might realize that and it's like as soon as you realize that it's best to just go your separate ways before it gets too messy because then you're just going to end up um really miserable yeah no thank you <laughs> thank you for saying that though because i've i've tried saying you know that exact message plenty of times and no nobody pays attention to me because of course you know why take advice from the divorce guy but now that it's coming from you, hopefully people will listen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my my stepdad, you know, my parents were divorced and all that. And everybody has their different family thing that they grow up in. So I, I get why people get into, for lack of a better word, like toxic relationships and don't know how to leave, don't know that they can. They're used to it. They're used to it going on in either their household or something else they experienced when they were young. So you get into it and you're like, oh, this is what it's supposed to be like. Right. And it's, it, it's not, it doesn't have to be. And, and unless you realize that there's something else that's not like that, then, um, but it can also go the opposite end of the spectrum. If there's no romance and no spark and it's just bland and boring and safe, then that also can be, a, you know, a yeah. killer. Um, but my, my stepdad said something like, 
don't, don't move in with somebody unless you've known them for two years at least. And he was married like four times. <laughs> so I was like, honestly, I will take your advice. So there's because- certain, there's certain gems you could pick out from this, you know, and, and take that advice and run with it. You can think, oh, you can get advice from anybody. Oh, I'm divorced. So I have no, no, you know what it's like when it goes wrong. I mean, or, you know, you've experienced more than others, you know? So that's wisdom. It's all just wisdom to, to impass on someone else. And it's like, if anything, if you see somebody that's in a, a relationship that's not going anywhere, maybe they'll listen to you. Hopefully. But, you know, <laughs> with my luck. Um, okay, you guys got a, a new album coming out. Talk to me about it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we, yeah, We Are the Nearly Deads is coming out on Friday, this Friday, July 7th. And we've been working on it for a while now. I think we started talking about doing it like during the pandemic. Um, so a couple years of just like writing back and forth and sending ideas. Uh, we included ideas from Javier and Josh, as well as myself and Steve. Um, sat around in a circle one day and hashed out all these ideas and picked the best of the best. And that eventually became the album. Nice. Like, and uh, Wonderland just came out two what, two weeks ago. Yeah. And, it just came out. Yeah. And it's, it's already on my everyday work playlist. Um, I, I, like I said, I, I listened to that song when I was waiting for you to, uh, to click on the stream and like I, said, I just can't get over how good the music is, you know, um, I'm just like, man, like to have the talent to write, you know, this stuff is so beyond me. I wish I had a mediocre, you know, like a small piece of that talent, especially your voice. I mean, if I could sing, I would be unstoppable. I mean, I'm already good looking, you know, so I just need that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they say, uh, how many, okay, how many songs are going to be, are we, are we going to be uh, looking forward to on the album? Um, I think it's 11. I don't know why I, I can't. And you just stumped me. I'm like, oh, <laughs> God, I don't even know. There's I, 11. 11? Yeah. Awesome. <clears throat> um, so we've already released like five of them, though. Like we released Relentless, Wild, Suffocating, Faith, and now Wonderland. So we've already released five of the 11 songs. Oh, wow. Well, I, didn't realize wanted- was, I didn't realize it was that many. I thought you were just releasing those just to release them. <laughs> no they're on the album yeah they're oh, all nice. it's, it was all promotion for the album um but the ones that are left are like even better so i'm like so excited for people to hear them oh i can't wait um it just gets me excited because i'm like oh they already like these songs um yeah i'm really really excited for everyone to hear all the songs and like hear them like in their entirety you know start to finish album um we're really proud of these songs for sure yeah, I like I said I'm looking forward to it. I I already have the the album pre-saved on Spotify. Nice. Um I'm I'm waiting for that Friday because it's going to be it's going to be um a short work week for me also, so I have that to look forward to. So it's just going to be like one good news, you know, uh topic on on top of another. So again, like I say your your sound is so awesome. The band is so awesome and I was kind of bummed when Kevin left, but, you know, um, mainly because him and Javi still owe me a beer, but. (laughs) Kevin owes a lot of people a lot of things. It was so cool hanging out with you guys. Like you were saying, like at a dive bar, uh, that's what Bone Shakers was uh, when I got to see you guys perform. And Mm. 
it was, you know, this little hole in the wall place here in Corpus. And I was all like, I can't believe they're coming here. And uh, my buddy's like, yeah, but, you know, you have to work the next day. Are you going to go? I was like, dude, I'm calling in. I was like, I'm, if I can hang out with these people, we're going to yeah. get drunk. We're going to you know, listen to some music and we're going to. I you know, remember that. Isn't it more like it's like a bar, right? Yeah, when it was, you walk in and I'm pretty sure it was a floor stage yeah, setup, right? Like, like very it was, it was not a, even like a little lip and no. a little mini. It was like on the floor. We were just like, oh, okay. And it's like y'all went wild. I can remember that show. Yeah. Because it was Texas and it was hot as hell, I believe, mm-hmm. that day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I remember that for sure. That's so cool. Like the I said, good old days. <laughs> When people like, I'll remember, I'll remember stuff when people are like, talk about what the venue looked like and stuff. Like if you just say like, oh, this city, I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> but even the name of the venue or some kind of, you know, that, that jogs the memory a little bit. Yeah. Cause I remember, like I said, I, I walked in and I saw you, um, you know, cause you're the only person there with the bright, bright hair. hair. Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> And I was all like, I told my buddy, I was there like, oh my God, she's even better looking in person. I'm going to go talk to the other guy. <laughs> I, <was just> I, <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I was just so intimidated. Um, not only because you're beautiful, but because the talent's there. And I was just like, I'm not worthy to talk to her. I got to go talk to the other guys. Oh, come on. <laughs> Anybody, anybody's welcome. <laughs> we're, we're very, like, we're very appreciative of all you, uh, of all of you guys. So thank you. Well, Kind you, words. You, you also went out of your way to make me feel, you know, me and my buddy feel um, like we mattered. And that was, that was so awesome. And that's why, like I said, even, even my buddy who doesn't really, you know, he listens more to rap music and stuff. He even is such a, a big fan of you guys because you, did that you know made him feel special and so he's like yeah they're always going to be cool with me nice what i was talking about fan interactions you've had that impact on us as fans you know Mm. of of you all to where like i said we we have those special moments to where we feel part of the journey you know of of y'all's you know rises Mm. and falls whatever we're there with you you are like you are like the whole reason we're even around is because of our online like fan base, you know, like we're so appreciative of every single person who listens to us and shares us. And like, how could we not, you know, sit there and have a drink with you at the bar? (laughs) You know, it's like the least we can do. Like you buy our record, like you came to the show, like you're spreading the word. Like we'd be nothing without our fans, you know? I know. I just, I guess I'm just used to, you know, people just like, Oh yeah, well, of course you like me. I'm so good. And, you know, I'm so much better than you and that type of attitude, you know, and <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't think we have that attitude. Oh no, no, <laughs> you definitely do not. Um, but there are people who are not at your level of success or talent who are like that, which is sad. <laughs> We're always just hopeful that like, if there was just more, you know, more bends, more people like you out there, then, then we'd really be to that level <laughs> that, you know, we want to, we want an aspire to be. And we're like, well, you know, as long as there are people like that, and that means we're doing something right. Right. As long as there are people out there, they're like, man, you're my favorite band. You're part of my everyday routine. Like there's so many people that come to us and say that. And I'm like, okay, that means we're doing something right. We're doing something good. Definitely. And it, it means something to people and we can keep doing this and, and that's that's more than we could ever ask for. The people that people listen to us, appreciate us, um, you know, that's why we do it. Well, 
Okay, as as we wind down, where can people find you if they want to follow you, and where can they get the album? More importantly, so thenearlydeads.com is a good hub for everything. So if you just go to the thenearlydeads.com, it has the pre-save link, YouTube, everything. Um, it has yeah the pre-save link. Um, you can sign up for our email list. We're on you know Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the Nearly Deads. I think Instagram is the Nearly Deads official. If you want to follow us on Instagram, um, yeah, I think that covers all of the bases. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me here. Um, I know you got to run, uh, but before I let you go, I got one last question for you. Okay. Um, okay. You know, ever since I was in a car accident last year, I've been extremely grateful for the life that I get to live every day. What three things are you most grateful for right now? Um, I'm definitely grateful for my um, my husband, my family, and um, music. Just, you know, like you said, like that ability to just wake up every day and that you're being so grateful for just every day that you're given to continue to have a voice that I can sing, you know? Um, and yeah, just family, of course, just always grateful for that. And my husband, yeah. so. He seems cool. I approve. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up every now and then we do our live streams, uh, you know, every month. So he's, he's around. Yeah. They say, I, I look at y'all and I'm like, okay, if she likes him, I guess he's all right. <laughs> but all right. Thanks again for, t for, uh, for, thank you again for your time. I wish y'all nothing but success. Uh, please tell everyone, you know, I said, hi, give them my best. And uh, please, everyone check out the nearly deads. When you get a chance, tell them Ben from recycle corn sent you. It won't do nothing for you. You won't get no discounts or nothing, but you know what? We have dreams. Okay. But thank you again, TJ. You have a great night. Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. <laughs> Take care.